0: Welcome to the feature series, How Roger Penske Changed the Indy 500 on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, which celebrates the most successful entrant at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the 50th anniversary of his first event in 1969. Presented by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and Bell Racing Helmets, a long-standing partner of Team Penske, this 15-part series spans some of the greatest drivers, managers, mechanics, engineers, and the man himself, Roger Penske. To document the captain's vast influence on america's defining motor race the indy 500 and in many instances the sport as a whole we'll also be joined by a reporter who covered penske's indie debut a half century ago and some of his fiercest rivals many of whom admit to being fans of the 82 year old icon our guest on this episode of how roger penske changed the indy 500 is ilmore engineering president paul ray whose tenure with the engine company, co-founded by Roger Penske, goes back 30 years. Mr. Ray, we are about to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Team Penske at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. As someone who has been a part of that journey through your Ilmore connection for many of those years, let's start off with a basic premise that I'm asking folks. How have you seen Roger Penske and that organization change Indianapolis Motor Speedway, push standards, push practices, help it to evolve? Certainly they've had an impact.
1: Definitely. I think probably my first ever race with Roger that made me realize that in order to be successful at that event, you had to take very large Calculated risks, very well calculated risks. And Roger has always surrounded himself with the best people and and the best equipment possible um, for uh, any given situation. And and uh, but he's never been risk averse ever. And my literally my first story I could tell to back that up was we're on the grid, we're on the pole position in 1990. And he and Mario Illion get together and decide. In those days, there are all engines that were built by Penske or by um, VDS Racing in Texas. Roger and Mario decided that the rev limiter wasn't high enough on the pole position car, and we are three minutes from the wave off. (laughs) And so my task was to adjust the rev limiter upwards. Um, by a 150 rpm, I remember it as clear as day, because I'd never been so nervous in my life. A few hundred thousand people watching, and uh, no no opportunity for error. And uh, and at that at that point, or at least later, when I reflected on it, I realised that that was the sort of calculated risk that they were willing to take, or Roger, in particular, was willing to take in order to. Uh, ensure the best chance of success. So with Elmore having its
0: roots with Roger from day one, this business plan brought to him, as he said, it was about an inch thick and he said, I'll go find the money. I'll go find the partner to make this happen. You coming in a few years later after the company's formation, but nonetheless, by the time you arrived, these were two wonderfully integrated organizations, if we're thinking about the engine technology being created, share some thoughts if you could, Paul, about how if we're talking reverie or lore, Roger is someone who has always decided that if there is a way we can do things on our own, if we can apply our own mindset, our own ambitions to an engine, a chassis, dampers, I'm surprised we don't have Penske tires. Uh, But that's really a a mindset that very Formula One-esque, not necessarily something that had always been the model in IndyCar.
1: Um, I I think that's true. But um, again, it's that calculated risk. Roger was willing to invest in the business plan of Paul Morgan and Mario Illion because he saw it as an opportunity that would potentially give him an advantage um, and the the amount of money that sometimes these things take is a lot less than um people imagine it to be and, but it's it's the investment in the great people that continually evolve what Roger does and and as a consequence the Ilmore relationship was it was a really good demonstration of that type of risk building his own cars back in those days was a, also a a very calculated risk because you didn't have the endless feedback that you got from having 10 or 12 chassis of the same type on track. You had two or three. And as a consequence, um, that that's a huge risk. You get it wrong, as we saw in some instances, uh, 1985 being probably the, the, the most uh, – sorry, 99. 1995 being the most – obvious example of that and, and it can cost you everything um, but nevertheless um, if you don't take those risks you can't have the level of success that Rogers had
0: Since 1954 the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has served as the proving grounds for the world's most legendary helmet brand. From Jimmy Bryan to Mario Andretti and Elio Castro Neves, Bell Helmets has and continues to protect some of the all-time greats Follow the journey on social media at bellracinghq or by visiting bellracing.com. Share some thoughts, if you would, Paul, about interacting with Roger. Interacting with, and there are many names who have been in charge, or whether today we know Tim Sindrick, but we can go back. There are many folks that have been those to help Roger shape his vision of what the team is. Culturally, what have you seen throughout the years that makes them unique? And have you seen a consistency
1: applied to that vision, despite who might be in whichever senior roles? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think it's coming it comes down to the selection of people to fill the roles. In the Roger doesn't hire someone who he doesn't know, he hires people that he does know can fulfill his vision for what things should be, but bring their own unique flavor to that. And, um, I, I when I first started, Chuck Sprague was managing the team who did so for many, many years. And, uh, um, obviously Tim's done a, done a great job since those times. And, um, you know, very different people, very different, uh, approaches and, uh, very different scale of things to do. Roger's team now is of course, much, much larger than it was in, in the nineties. And, um, But I would say, again, it's that consistency of personnel is hiring the very best, highest quality people that fit the Penske way of doing things, which is relatively unique in the pit lane. In in fact, in probably almost all of motorsport, Penske's way of doing things is, is relatively unique.
0: The word exacting comes to mind. And that, that doesn't have to be a bad thing by any, by any means. If, if anything, it might be one of the key ingredients to success. Looking at how Roger and Ilmore have been so uh, tied together throughout the years, what commonalities have you seen between the two organizations? Is there anything you could say, mindset, approach, ethics, whatever wise you could say has been borrowed or gleaned from Roger in any way?
1: I think, again, it goes back to that marriage of like-minded people. The, mm. the, the reason, and Roger has said this on many occasions, that he teamed up with Paul Morgan and Mario Illion to begin with was that he'd known Paul from back in the, days, uh, the Cosworth days when Paul was the, um, the technical lead engineer for Cosworth on the DFX. And as a consequence, Roger knew exactly what he was going to get in the individual's. Um, and as a consequence, our culture never differed that much from Roger's team culture or Roger's own personality, Um, and it came down to honesty, integrity, hard work, all the sorts of things that you could say is Roger Penske. He found the same in in Paul and Mario, And, and so it wasn't a difficult marriage at all. It was probably a very easy one because the trust was already there. Let's
0: touch on two topics to close, Paul. The ultimate expression, I would believe, of this partnership, we will remember in perpetuity, 1994, (laughs) this rule that was in place that had yet to be thoroughly explored, properly explored. What do you recall from the formative conversations of, hmm, 2.65 Two point six five liter turbocharged V8. Okay, we have everyone has by and large worked that formula to very little left to be found. Hmm. Two hundred. Okay, there could be something interesting here. How do you remember those conversations taking place? Because I think it that's a prototypical Penske move.
1: It, it was. And it was something that that. I can't remember where the idea first arrived, but it, it, cause it all happened in a space of about 24 hours. Mm. As soon as the the change of rule was known to everyone, I think it became obvious to all of us that, Hey, now we can make a whole engine. And, um, and so in no time at all, it, the, the decision went from a quick conversation here to, to a growing group of people to say, yes, we can do this. And, and, you know, and of course, everyone could get excited behind an idea like that. We had one year, actually fractionally less than a year, to actually pull it off. And who wouldn't want that challenge? And we we had a manufacturing powerhouse in the UK, so we know we could do it. We had a large team of people that, that were chomping at the bit. And of course, um, you get someone like Roger saying, yes, let's do this, and here's what I'll bring to the table. And, and of course, the... The project came together so quickly, and, and from that point on, it was just burning the midnight oil constantly. Um, and you know, everyone that knew about what was happening was very excited, but it was a really tight group of people. I mean, there were, I can't remember exactly how many, but less than a dozen people knew about the project wow. until the engine was actually running on the dyno. And then, of course, you have to get a broader group. But it was it was held, even in our own company in, in England, very, very secret. Thinking about
0: this as the far extreme of creativity being brought to you uh, and obviously the entire Ilmore team, let's close on this because I, I think it might be an interesting return back to the, the central starting point. So with Chevrolet returning to IndyCar in 2012, same task of taking a set of rules and hopefully using them to create an advantage, but in a different era, not a custom Penske chassis carrying this, the beast in 1994, but actually a spec ish mindset chassis meant so many things that really not open to a team to explore and develop. Therefore making an engine like the 2.2 liter turbocharged Chevrolet V6, vital part of success. Tell me about working with Team Penske, obviously other teams as well, but trying to create that same quote,
1: unfair advantage, but within a more defined rule set. Obviously that was a lot more difficult. It was um, the, the beast was something that was absolutely a clear advantage and probably will never be repeated, certainly in, in IndyCar history. And this was was a lot more challenging. But as as engine people ourselves, Rogers always said that you give give him equal equipment, and he'll still take his team to victory, because again, best drivers, best best people, best practices, perhaps. And uh, and so that was never a question that if we had an engine that was as good as our competition, um, that Team Penske could win with it. Um, clearly that's not what we do for a living and, and Ilmore set off to design the very best engine we could and used everything that we could and again taking some creative risk to to make sure that we came up with an engine that, that could give Team Penske and the other teams something special and, and we went down the road of twin turbos when Honda took the single turbo and it, so on again all calculated risks on our part that paid off and 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 for the first few years, we think we had a, a, a reasonable advantage, and and uh, um, but that's the trust that Roger puts in the people and the companies that he's invested in, and um, that that we would pull that off. Let's
0: close on this personal reflection, personal thought, Paul. Having been part of this Ilmore family since nineteen ninety, knowing that with the wins at Indianapolis, Rick Mears. Uh, Obviously, little Al. So many we could mention being part of uh, Penske greater family. 2018, willpower, victory lane, heading back this year, 2019, this 50th anniversary. Knowing that you represent each team equally, Mm -hmm. but still there is an enduring relationship with Penske. Just share some thoughts I would imagine there's also a bit of pride that you're still seeing this team executing at such an amazing level, essentially from the first day you interacted with them.
1: Absolutely. Having been around Roger and the team for almost 30 years, um, my first year in 89, I actually watched a Penske chassis win, of course, with Emerson Fittipaldi and the Patrick team. So um, you can't help but feel a sense of pride I get to talk to Roger frequently, especially at racetracks, and um, and there's never a time when you're around Roger or the senior members of his staff, or you don't learn something or, or feel like you're getting a, a an education, in some form or another. Um, and so you you can't help but feel that there is a a connection there that that is unique. Having said that, um, I've watched many other teams win. With Ilmore power, and, and uh, uh, over the years, and and even then, when Roger doesn't win, Roger is supportive, and and feels strongly that as long as a Chevy car wins in this modern era, then that's that's okay too. You know, if he can't win, it's great that Chevrolet wins. It's not, it's it's definitely not a, um, a Penske or a, a nothing else. You know, he, he understands and utterly what it, what it takes at this level and it's not always going to be those guys winning
0: and that was how roger penske changed the indy 500 you can catch this series and more than 500 episodes at the brand new Marshall Pruitt Podcast.com site all brought to you by cooper tires the justice brothers and bell racing helmets